Hi, you're listening to Chip Chat. Today, you'll hear the third episode in our three-part series on Intel Evo. Our guest is Suda Ganesh, VP of Client Platform Experience at Intel, who for the past few years has devoted her time to redefining the metrics for PCs that deliver exceptional experiences to users. Let's jump right in. We're starting another episode of Intel Chip Chat. This is part of our ongoing series on Intel Evo. Uh, and today I have the privilege of talking to Suda Ganesh. She's been one of the instrumental people in, in defining the Intel Evo technology that has made it into some of the, the greatest laptops that are available on the market today. Suda Ganesh, welcome to the show. Would you mind telling me about what you do at Intel uh, and, uh, and who you are? Yeah. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh, to have this conversation. And I'm Sudha Ganesh. I'm the Vice President of Client Platform Experiences in our Client Computing Group. So it's looking forward to an awesome discussion with you today. Thank you. So we're going to dive right into it because we have a lot to talk about. Um, can you tell me how long you've been working uh, on Intel Evo and maybe even the background of going maybe a little bit as far as Project Athena and what's been your role in this uh, really big uh, effort? Great. Um, I joined uh, Client Computing Group in 2018 and ever since uh, I have started my journey with Project Athena and Evo uh, ever since that from the uh, concept of Project Athena and the vision of Project Athena I've been a, a you know one of the partners uh, with Josh uh, and Wendy and company in bringing the vision to reality so it's been an amazing journey over the last few years um, in setting some of the great visions for Project Athena and bringing the vision to reality. So my role is about defining the experiences and bringing the vision, the North Star experiences of evil vision to reality uh, by having a streamlined implementation that we can deliver these experiences at scale in the ecosystem. Okay, now uh, a couple things. Is I'm, I'm glad you gave those shout outs to Josh. That's Josh Newman and Wendy, Wendy March. They're uh, two other uh, guests that we've had on the Chip Chat podcast who talk about Evo. So I'm glad you gave those shout outs. Uh, you mentioned that you joined the Client Computing Group in 2018. Can you give me a little bit about your, your background? Have you Is that when you joined Intel or, or uh, what were you working on before 2018? Before we jump back to Evo. So I want to learn a little bit more about you first. Okay, great. Uh, before joining uh, uh, CCG or the Client Computing Group, I have always supported uh, client products, but I was in sales and marketing and I was responsible for all of the competitive analysis and all of our uh, uh, UX assessment of our products and coming up with uh, uh, technologies and experiences that we needed to deliver uh, to help client computing group, but I was on the other side of the client computing group. But in 2018, I decided to join uh, CCG to uh, partner with Josh and to bring this vision to reality uh, with Project Athena, as well as for all of the client products uh, moving forward. Okay, so that's great. It sounds like you have a little bit of that uh, outside perspective from the other side of the house, Correct. Uh, you know, on the, on the entire landscape of, um, of yes. mobile computing, you know, laptops. Yes. So uh, tell me more about your specific slice of, of Intel Evo. What is, what is your specialty? 
My specialty is for any given North Star experience that we want to bring to a market. My team, we define what that experience means from an end user point of view. How do you define those experiences and how do you come up with a metric? How do you set requirements uh, to define the architecture? How do you set requirements so we can uh, track our progress? And how do you set the targets so that we can verify the designs that they're meeting our expectations? And coming up with the implementation methodologies that allows us to streamline our own execution as well as our ecosystem partners and working with them and then uh, providing tools and implementation methodologies to verify every single Evo design so that they're meeting to our expectations. So. That's what it's the privilege of, of bringing that vision to reality is the coolest job that I have. So I, I'm going to pull out this this term that I've heard a lot around Intel Evo. And one of this is our key experience indicators or KEI. So I'm going to get specific here. I think you've, yes. you've, you've kind of uh, hinted and alluded to what, what goes into a KEI or key experience indicator. So can you tell me what is a KEI and what do those specifically have to do with Intel Evo? Okay. Uh, good question. Uh, I'm going to step back a little of what a KEI is. Uh, it stands for Key Experience Indicator. But if you look at the industry by and large today in the ecosystem, there are many metrics out in the market and they tend to focus as what I call KPI or Key Power or a Performance of a Component Level. So those metrics or those tools are valid for what they are intended to do uh, benchmark a component. But our project Athena Vision is about delivering experiences. So if we really need to uh, deliver experiences and we needed a mechanism to have a quantifiable and a measurable way of tracking those. So hence we came up with the name KEI or Key Experience Indicator, which signifies or which signals that it is everything to do with delivering an experience of from an end user lens. So that's what KEI is uh, intended. KPI is for a component, but KEI is for a system level experience, right? So now I think the second question that you had in that was, what has it got to do with Evo? So if you think about it, Evo is has uh, a North Star experiences. So for every experience that we want to bring to market, we define a KEI or the key experience indicator, which has a specific definition and a specific target and a specific methodology that we use for architecting, for execution and for verification. So for the 11th gen or the Tiger Lake based Evo designs, we had a goal of what experiences we wanted to deliver and what we wanted to improve on. So we set out to delivering three key experiences with our Tiger Lake Evo. First one was about uh, instant on. The instant on KEI, what that means is the first experience we want to deliver is that people, they close their lid and they open their lid many times throughout the day. So every time they open the lid, we wanted to deliver that experience.
that instantly they're open and they log in and they, they should be able to get to work. So that was the first KEI that we targeted. The second was about after you open the lid, what do people do? They do their browsing, they work with their office apps, they work with their uh, uh, G Suite applications or YouTube or Zoom or whatever. They, they go through their day and they go about doing so many things with their uh, work. And we wanted to make sure that every one of those interactions that they do is really snappy, that it has snappy responsiveness. So why is it important is that uh, as people start working uh, with their laptop, it's absolutely critical that they need to focus on the work and not, you know, have uh, this frustration of that something breaks their flow. So the responsiveness or that snappiness is important to keep the people, uh, laptop users in the flow. There's nothing more frustrating than when you start working on a document, when you start working, you double click and then you, you know, this, uh, the frustration of waiting things, right? Yeah, so we wanted, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? So we wanted to make sure that part of the good laptop experience is that people stay in the flow, they don't have to be frustrated. And the way to reduce that frustration is about setting very uh, aggressive targets and making sure that these daily common interactions are all snappy. So that was the second KEI. And the unique thing that we also did, or even more aggressive goal that we did with the responsiveness is that it has to be snappy, whether you're plugged or unplugged. You should not have to compromise and lose that snappiness when you unplug just because you're on battery. Right. So that's how we made sure that all of the Athena uh, or the Project Evo verification is done on DC or on battery pack, which means the third key experience we have to deliver, we deliver is that doing everything you have to last a, a long battery life, nine or greater than nine hours while doing these activities in a real world condition. That's the third key experience that we're delivering. So. To me, the KEIs are the uh, goals or the experiences that we undertake to deliver in a given generation. Does that answer what you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, if, for, if, if I just had to summarize what my takeaway from that is, it, it's, it's, it's things that most people should want or everyone should want in their laptop. And personally, I hate waiting for things. I hate waiting in traffic. I hate waiting. Uh, I hate wait, even waiting to use the gas pump. If there's a line in front of me, I'm thinking, is this is this really worth it? So to me, if I if I have to wait, at a, you know, to just know. To, for my computer to start up, that's a real point of frustration. And uh, you've mentioned, you know, how how quickly things are 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 to respond, uh, or snappiness. You know, how, how are how are KIs different from? from benchmarks because often people use, you know, whether they're an, an amalgamation of uh, synthetic benchmarks or like office suites, that's one way that people really use to test for, you know, decades now on how mm -hmm. fast is your computer. So how are KEIs different from, or, uh, from benchmarks and, and do benchmarks not tell the same story? Can it not just say this laptop has scored this number on this benchmark or a battery test and therefore it is uh, a, a responsive machine? Oh, I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, so there are differences. There are a lot of differences between the benchmarks and the KEIs. Okay. So let me start with the, what, what the benchmarks are. In the industry today, there are many 
benchmarks and tools that are out there but the purpose of these benchmarks is more for geared towards uh, testing uh, component level performance uh, so that they can uh, reproduce and, and had repeat the same test and produce the same scores over and over. And in order to achieve that repeatability, they end up testing it in a very, uh, what I call a controlled condition or a contrived uh, lab condition in, in that nobody uses. And uh, these benchmarks are valid and important for component level testing. But however, they don't necessarily translate to the experience of what, what the project is, you know, what we're trying to deliver. So that means we needed to depart from that existing industry standard benchmark and create the new set of KEI or the new set of tools and things that we needed to deliver to these experiences. So another example of the industry standard benchmarks is that because it that it it runs in a very uh, contrived condition, you end up having to uh, uh, test in a way that people don't nobody uses the system in those conditions. For example, when you when when they're testing with a benchmark, you have to disconnect from the internet, and you're disabling ton of services in the laptop, and you're uninstalling bunch of things, and then you know you're you you're not installing anything else that a normal user would use and you're you're testing these and then you're publishing a score that may or may not make a sense to a user but now if you think about the keis keis are first and foremost that there are i would say like three to four major fundamental departure or the differences from from the benchmarks okay so first and foremost is uh, the benchmarks stress one or two aspects or like long operations that say it's a test the CPU. But in a KEI, it's about a most meaningful workflow that a user does. It is not looking for in an operation that tests some component. It's mainly reflective of what a person would do in their day. And then the second most important thing or the departure is that the, the condition that I talked about. In the KEI approach, we start with the way OEMs ship the system to users. For example, it comes with all of their value added softwares intact. We don't uninstall any of those things and we don't disable any services. And on top of that, uh, we install all the typical favorite applications like Office applications and the G Suite applications. And on top of that, we have like most of us, we have multiple browser tabs open and multiple applications open. We create that scenario. And also, uh, you know, we do this testing on battery. Uh, and then if you're running all of these tests on battery, the display brightness makes a big difference. So that's the other difference we do is we're not testing it in this uh, 100 nits or 120 nits or eight clicks from the bottom type, but we're really doing it at a brightness that we believe is representative of how users actually use, which is 250 nits or something in, around that. So that's how we test 
all of our uh, KEIs are tested under those conditions. And the third is we're not measuring just a random score, but we're actually measuring something we believe what matters to users. For example, instant on, people can relate to it. And snappiness, people can relate to it because it just keeps me in the flow by reducing my frustrations. And then we're measuring the battery life in these real world conditions. We're not measuring the battery life in these contrived conditions, right? So that means the battery life experience is more uh, reflective of how they use or what they can expect in their day-to-day, uh, -day, right? So this is something, uh, uh, all of these are like a departure from the existing industry standard benchmark. Uh, so which makes it, which makes the KEIs a very first of its kind or a very unique approach in delivering experiences and delivering them at scale. Okay. So going back to the three KEIs that you mentioned, uh, when you say instant wake, it's saying, you know, if it's under a second, I, I can understand that that's something you can do with, you know, high-speed cameras and a stopwatch, and you can kind of tell exactly how long it takes the system to wake. Battery life, same thing. If you got your stopwatch, you're able to do that. But for snappiness, I'm still going back to the point of, if you have a benchmark which tests really kind of like the ability for a system to do work and how quickly it can, it can accomplish that task, what's the difference between saying, oh, on this benchmark suite, whatever it is, we need a score of a thousand on this synthetic or whatever benchmark. How do you, you know, what, what, what is your definition of uh, snappiness? Do you actually have a clear bar that every Evo certified laptop must meet? And it sounds like it's not an, it's not a benchmark number. So how, how do you define it? Is it, is that one timeable with uh, a stopwatch too? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you know what, I'm, I'm glad you're digging into the next level of details and actually, you know, it's a very good question. So let's 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 get into the details of the the snappiness and how we actually measure it. So then you'll understand how different it is from the the scores, right? Let's take a workflow of typically what do we do? I open browser tabs and I open, I go in a multiple uh, web pages, whether it is LinkedIn, Facebook, ESPN, whatever these websites I go to. And then I launch my Outlook and I open an attachment. I open PowerPoint, I edit my content, and then I share it with my colleague or in, on, in my cloud account, right? And then um, I switch back to my Gmail account and then I switch back to another application. And these are all different types of interactions you do, whether it is launching or editing or uploading, all of these things are all different interactions. Each interaction when you do cognitively, uh, we all have a different expectations for that. For example, if I do a just uh, uh, looking at, uh, you know, like, you know, I, I change one window to another window, I need it to be like instantaneous. But if I know I double click on an Outlook and if it takes two, three seconds, I know that is expected. I have a different expectation. So what we did is, we took the entire day in the life of a, uh, a mobile go-getter persona and we automated their workflow with about 250 interactions. But I don't need to measure every single interaction. But then we figured out that I can represent these different types of interactions, whether it is 200 milliseconds or three seconds or four seconds into 
25 different key interactions. Meaning if we made these 25 key interactions really snappy, that means we're overall improving the day in the life of the experience much more you know, uh, snappy. So we take all of these 25 interactions and then we understand what are users' expectations for each of these. Some of these 25, they have a 200 milliseconds. Some of them have a user expectations of 500 milliseconds. Some one second, some three seconds. So doing user studies to understand what users think is a good experience, what users rate is an experience. So we built our uh, thresholds or the targets for every one of these 25 interactions based on user studies. Right? And then we run these tests, we measure each of these 25 interactions, and then we say, did it meet the targets that we set? If it met the target it set, then it passed the EVO requirements. If it didn't, then it's not snappy enough and it, didn't, it won't pass the EVO verification. So that's how it, we automated and we measure each of these 25 and you know the other challenge we uh, have comprehended in our methodology is we test these things in real world conditions that means you know we're logged into multiple cloud accounts we have a lot of things going on in the system so that means it's about delivering a consistency of this experience as opposed to like a benchmark that publishes say my score of thousand how do I know a system that got a score of 1,000 opens my Outlook launch in three seconds or less? How do I know that? It doesn't translate. Instead, in our KEIs, we're targeting that I want to improve my application launch snappiness. So I measure that and I report that. I, I'm not reporting a score, right? And then in a benchmark, I can get that score, say 5.4321, I can get that score over and over and over. But when you launch your Outlook, you're not sitting there and asking like, did it launch in 5.4321 seconds every single time? You're like, is it always consistent? So that's exactly the same approach we're taking in our KEI is that we run 15 times. 12 out of 15 times, that's 80% consistency, right? So you have to, 12 out of 15 times, it has to be less than the threshold or the target that we have set. So we know that every Evo design can deliver not only that snappy responsiveness, but it is a consistently snappy. So that's how we're distinguishing from a score uh, for benchmark to a KEI, a snappy responsiveness that is automated, that measures and it measures what matters to users. Yeah, this, this goes back to uh, everything that I've heard from Josh earlier that Evo is really a whole system approach, but in, in and that, that in my mind, um, you know, the next question I have for you is, you know, obviously laptops are a great marriage between you know all all the hardware integrated together along with the software, everything that you've talked about, especially your focus on software. So, is there not a repeatable recipe that? laptop makers can put together knowing that if I pair this, you know, 11th gen core i7 processor in with this SSD and use this type of memory and this amount of memory that with through that harder recipe that they could achieve 
these uh, KEI uh, levels uh, or thresholds? Is, is there, put simply, is there a hardware recipe that would achieve the software results that you've just been describing? There is a recipe there. It's not necessarily just a hardware recipe. So there is a recipe of specification, the hardware configuration, as well as how it is tuned with the right software, uh, how it is tuned to deliver a system level experience. The fact that it is a system level experience, it, it, it means that we have to bring the hardware and the software and tuned and optimized to deliver to these aggressive targets. So if one of our, and, and I've seen so many Intel Evo machines now for sale, especially coming up for the holiday season, is it as simple? We've talked about recipes. Can an OEM just uh, take that recipe and make an Intel Evo machine? Or is there another level of testing that, that happens before it's able to earn that Intel Evo badge? Oh, there is a lot before a system becomes an Evo. We have a specification where we, we outline what is needed, what is the spec that is needed to achieve those uh, uh, experiences. Uh, and then we uh, work with them actually in a component selection level. That means what components do they have to choose in order to be able to deliver to those uh, the, the experience targets or the experience goals. So we engage with them uh, in the component level selection and then we work with them in figuring out what kind of technologies or what kind of optimizations or what is needed in order to get to the stage where you can actually verify and pass and, and get the EVO certification. So there is a lot of co-engineering and uh, co-optimization effort that goes in uh, from a very early on all the way to leading up to the actual verification process. Yes, you've reminded me when Josh mentioned that uh, now I remember that there are multiple Intel Evo labs uh, globally. Correct. Yes, there are three, I think, you know, at least open labs in different geographies. Uh, and, and Josh, you know, yes, right. We have open labs that that's where we actually do the component testing and a lot of the testing uh, that's needed in the very early on phase of the project. So when, when uh, you know, we, we work with our partners to, you know, define these specs and help them create these Intel Evo machines, there has to be a testing phase. And when one comes in, I assume that, you know, like anyone submitting something for a test, you know, passing with flying colors is fun. But what about the, 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 the designs that need a little bit of help that are kind of close to that threshold, but not quite there? D do we offer any help to the OEMs to fine tune that system so it does become an Intel Evo machine? Oh, absolutely. You know what? Evo is not about one or the other. It's an and of it has to pass uh, instant on. It has to pass responsiveness. It has to pass battery life and it has to pass fast charging. All of these are an and requirement, not one or the other. That's what makes the Evo laptops so amazing. Even even though you've done all of the component selections and everything, you still have to go through a verification process. And that verification process is fairly rigorous where all of the, the KEIs are tested under the conditions that we have. It's an automated suite, right? So we make these tools available to our all of our internal teams and all of our OEMs and ODM partners much early on. So they get to run these uh, uh, and tune the systems and uh, they have to pass the all of the KEI tests. Um, 
and when they don't pass, the next question was like, if they don't pass, uh, is yes, we work hand in hand with our engineers, our customer enabling team and our partner teams. They work together in figuring out the optimization tuning opportunities to actually meet the targets. And we also have tools that allows us to analyze where the opportunities are in improving and helping get them to, uh, to pass the, the requirements. So yes. No, that's uh, that that that's great. This shows kind of uh, you know Intel's role in the in the greater ecosystem. I want to go back to something that I thought that, uh, that I heard you say that was really interesting to me is that when we test these machines, uh, I mean, in, in you know in the days when I ran uh, benchmarks and doing hardware reviews, we ensured that to uh, we to ensure a consistent level playing field. We start with a fresh install of Windows, right? To make sure that nothing else will hamper the the hardware performance. Everything is even, and you know we we make it as clean as possible. But you mentioned that these tests on Evo machines are with the shipping pre-installed software, and I know that a lot of power users out there uh, sometimes, you know, the opinions of some of these software is not. Not not the greatest. In fact, I've heard that some of the, the the poorer examples are called bloatware. But be that as it may, for most people out there, the way that the machine comes out of the box is a way that people are going to be using their machines for the the lifetime of that laptop. So, um, you know, I I think that that's a point that I think is very interesting. That these benchmarks are run on the the, the pre-installed software, and that means that it does meet those KEIs. So that's a that's a very very Absolutely. Um, right. That's a significant departure from the existing industry methods, right? So, uh, and yes, uh, that's one of the fundamental reasons we defined our KEI methodology to be run in the uh, shipping condition, the way OEMs ship it, because end of the day user experience is based on the system that they purchase, where they're not you know, uh, uninstalling and doing a bunch of these things. So that's why we felt it is important for us to deliver the experiences the way they purchase the system in those conditions with including the value added software. And and it also um, uh, makes it interesting where the, the our partner OEMs, you know, they have to understand what they're loading their systems with and how it's affecting the user experience. So it allows us to identify and help improve even those kind of applications as well, right? So overall, I think, you know, we're very proud of that approach that we've taken. That's one of the unique different uh, differentiation of our KEI approach. Yes, yes, I'm yes. glad you pointed that out. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so obviously, in in the you know, I think that it sounds like this is a great extension into not just testing in ideal conditions, but also just real world conditions on how these uh, these laptops are delivered to people that are that are that are buying them right out of the box. But you know, the the, the world is so unpredictable, and everyone uses their PCs in different ways on whatever suits their needs. I think that's the flexibility of the PC that it can really adapt to them. Um, but you know, once once things are shipped out of the lab or the things have kind of left the warehouse or the factory, you can't control what people do. Uh, so are you following up on how these Intel Evo systems are performing? You know, I guess it's been over a year now since since uh, the introduction of Intel Evo with 11th gen. And I, I, it's kind of like, you know, when I when I moved into my to my home last year, uh, my, my new home this year, it was clean. It was great. It was tidy. And then I moved in, and then I started living in it. And then you get, you know, your, your crap is in there, and and then you've got dust bunnies. So I need to do some tidying. I need to vacuum. I need to, you know, I need to dust and clean. So, um, 
how does how have you looked at how uh, Intel Evos, you know, those KEIs still measure up uh-huh. Uh-huh. a year on? Uh, okay, well, I- interesting question. So, uh, what we have, you know, one thing you're right that every user uses the laptop differently, and a lot of people install a lot of things, and uh, so it does change. So, what we have done is once the systems are verified and released, we actually purchase those systems ourselves and we bring that back and we test to see if they're all still uh, passing and meeting. So we're kind of like an audit system, right? So we have that in place, but do we do like a year after uh, and see if this, the responsiveness is there? Uh, we have some ideas of how to handle that uh, as a telemetry and as some of those uh, methodologies you know, we put in place, but today that's an aspirational thing that we are, we're looking into. And, and mind you, this is kind of the, the, the first iteration of, of Intel Evo. I mean, yes, those Project Athena, probably that. So it's definitely there, there's a, it's, it's an evolving um, yes. um, program. So w- with that in mind, uh, you know, I, do these KEIs change over time or, and, and how, and if they do, how have they started since the beginning from Project Athena to now the three that you mentioned here? Uh, you know, is, is the expectation that these KEIs are not say a moving target, but an, an evolving target that, you know, maybe it raises the bar every year or maybe the bars are different every year. How does that, how does that work? The answer is yes. The KEIs, it's an evolution. They, they do change. Uh, so for example, when we first started uh, the journey, the responsiveness target was a bit of an introductory levels to begin with. And then we raised the bar with the 11th gen significantly. So yes, we, uh, we raised the bar and then, uh, and sometimes it changes because the user expectations also change. Sometimes we raise the bar because we know we can deliver and improve that experience and we can deliver a better experience, right? So one is that that's one way we raise the bar. Second is uh, the user expectations change over time. What was good for me two years ago is no longer good for me next year. So that means we have to go back and understand how the user expectations have changed and then change the bar. Uh, That's also something that we've done. And the third way of how it changes is that the applications or the flow changes. So for example, you know, when we first started, we had a bit of more local applications and local data, but then we evolved it to be more and more people uh, as the market trends change and the usage patterns change where it's their data is in the cloud or cloud applications. And we evolved our workflow to incorporate some of the connected experiences and the cloud experiences. And and that's how we keep evolving the workflow. That means we even change our KEIs to reflect the changes we're making in the workflow. So there are multiple ways and the multiple things that changes the KEIs. And yes, every year we look at all of these aspects and change uh, the KEIs. So you did mention, you know, maybe there's a KEI or, you know, anything that, that on our wish list that maybe we had for last year would be different than one from two years from now. Well, I'll tell you the last uh, two years, the last 18 months have been 
very, very different and definitely have, have changed the world and the way oh, the people... Really? I didn't notice any change <laughs> in the last year. <laughs> uh, well, we're doing these things remotely and, and, and that gives you a yeah. clue on, on, yeah. on, on what's changed. So yeah. is there a particular kind of uh, uh, KEI or feature that you know was in consideration two years ago or beyond that before the global pandemic that you think, hey, uh, maybe this would be more re- relevant now. Now, there's no arguing that Instant awake, uh, responsiveness, and battery life. Those are those are very very key, uh, important you know performance uh, related things for laptops. But is there anything that had you had a crystal ball, you would have thought, oh, we would have done things a little differently? Oh, absolutely. If I had a crystal ball and if I knew that March 2020 we're going to have a lockdown, we're going to have a COVID and the pandemic things, yeah, I think maybe we would have looked into the remote you know, aspect of it a lot more, meaning I still do what I do, but I'm doing it remotely. So I, you know, we would have probably looked at, into doing in a lot of these things from a remote uh, uh, learning or the remote working, uh, remote podcast, remote in you know, a sessions from from you know we would have looked at it more from that lens. Absolutely, yes. Okay, well, I think the natural next question is, you know, I know you can't give everything away of what you're working on, but uh, you know, can you, you know, what have you and your team been working on since the release of the 11th gen? Uh, Evo, our version of Evo from last year. There has to be something else, right? Oh, uh, yes. There are a lot of things, and yes, there are you know things that I I can't get into. But uh, the concept, I can tell you the concept of how we're approaching is every generation, we we introduce a new experience. And then we mature a previous experience or we perfect the previous experience. So that means for the next generation, we are working on a new experience. We want to introduce a new experience while perfecting the previous one that we introduced. So that's sort of like the model that we're looking at. And we're also looking ahead for multiple years where uh, what new experience can I deliver? That means how do I influence the architecture of our products to deliver experiences. So those are some of the things, you know, where we're focused on. Well, Suda, thank you very much. This has been so enlightening on Intel Evo. Sounds like uh, these are great laptops today. A lot of hard work has has, uh, gone into uh, creating these standards that just make computing better. And sounds like there is going to be uh, more to come quite soon. So absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to explain the uniqueness about our KEIs and how we're making the laptop experiences uh, better and in our journey of delivering amazing laptop experiences. It's been a privilege and a personally a very satisfying journey for us to make a difference in millions of people who depend on PCs today in these days where they depend on PCs and it's a privilege for us to be having uh, this opportunity to deliver uh, better PCs and better PC experiences. So thanks for the opportunity for me to come and share on what we do. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it uh, having me here today. You are very welcome, and we're going to have to have you back. Would love to. Would love to come back, uh, talk to you more, Marcus. <laughs> Thank you. That rounds out our mini-series on Intel Evo, covering the vision, the research, and the verification of the platform. If you missed any part of the series, 
can find the video version on the Intel Technology YouTube channel or the audio-only version wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time.